Welcome to the Unleash Podcast with your hosts, Johnny and Kirsty from Unleash Strength and Performance. Hello and welcome. For those who don't know, my name is Johnny and unfortunately Kirsty can't be with us today. She is tied up elsewhere. Um, so we have Pierce on today's podcast. Um, Pierce is a founder of uh, P25 Nutrition and is a powerlifter himself. Um, so just, why don't you just go on ahead and give us a wee uh, background into yourself and how P25 came to be, etc. Pierce, Absolutely. please. Absolutely. So thanks for having me today, big man. Appreciate yeah, it. Cheers. No bother. Yeah. yeah, so just Pierce here from P25 Nutrition. Um, so a rough background in myself is just the love for sport and performance, all that type of stuff came back when I, I first started boxing when I was eight years old. So I was three out of the deep end of that age. Um, became pretty competitive in it. So I was sort of forced to become aware of stuff like this, like nutrition and recovery, all this type of stuff. So I was a boxer for eight years. So I was between two weight classes for a lot of time. When I first started sort of competing in boxing, I was, um, I'd say I was 11. Um, so I was 75 kilos at this stage as an 11 year old. So as you can tell, I was a wee bit overweight. Jesus, that's what I meant, So um, I started having to sort of cut down, cut down what I was eating and just change the way I looked at stuff. So I was making weight basically from when I was 11 years old. So really a lot of experience in that field which pushed me towards doing stuff like this. So I, I ended up being Ulster champion, Antrim champion. And then I did get the, the All-Irelands at one stage. Um, there's a story about that as well, which we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, so it was really just created just from having a bad weight cut um, back in the All-Irelands. So um, really that's where my, my sort of, I wanted to become better at this thing just to help people become better at it as well. Yeah. Um, just so they didn't have that same experience as I did. So um, I think I was 14, 14 years old at this stage. Um, and I had to cut six kilo uh, within a space of two weeks or something like that. So yeah. as you can tell, 14-year-old, very inexperienced <laughs> in that, um, taking guidance from probably the worst people. You know, people that haven't got a clue about nutrition. Boxing coaches are notorious yeah. for putting you on crazy dads. So um, the, the two weeks or so, leading up to that fight, which was probably the biggest fight in my boxing career at that stage, because I'd never got to that stage. I was always beating the final of the Antrims or something like that. And then you had to, you had to be an Antrim champion to go down there, um, or else of your province, the, the, the champion of your province. So um, that week, feeling absolutely crap. Migraine for three days leading up to the fight, dehydrated, you know, feeling flat with no energy, um, which is pretty hard for a kid that's 14-year-old. You know, he doesn't have a clue yeah. what's going on. He's gone, I shouldn't feel like this, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. So I recollect this to, to the day I die. I was sitting <laughs> in this unit that we, we boxed in and I had three layers of clothes on, a sweatsuit, a jumper on, hood up, tied, um, probably three pairs of bottoms on me, uh, sucking an ice cube and spitting it Yay out in the bucket. Spitting it out in the bucket. Not even, what? Not even swallowing the water coming from the, the ice cube. <laughs> oh, my word. So, this was every training session that week. So I think I trained four times that week leading up to the fight. And I was sit, sucking these cubes, spitting it out, and obviously getting no hydration whatsoever from it. So that's where the, the dehydration and migraine came from, from obviously not getting those fluids in. And I was training hard, you know. I didn't slack when I was in the gym. I, I trained really hard. Always got a sweat up. Obviously losing a lot of electrolytes, all that type of stuff. And it just led, led to this terrible experience at the All-Ireland. So... I got to the semi-final, went through two rounds of the fight, winning on points, handy enough. So we sort of basically had the fight because it's only a three-round fight. If you get the first two rounds, you, you can coast the rest of it. Um, so coming to the end of that, I started getting a really pumping headache, really, really bad. I started getting really bad. I ended up, couldn't really see in front of me. Um, and I get back to the corner and they were like, well done, you've, you've got this fight. You no, know, this is yours. And I was like, listen, I can't even the next round I can't even see it like I can't even see in front of me here and they were like what do you mean and I was like I've had this migraine for three days here and I've just got really really bad from taking a few punches like you know obviously your your brain's shaking about your, in your skull Aye. yeah and 
it just got to that point. I was like, I can't fight on. I had to pull out of the fight going into the third round because of that that moment. And it was just one of the things that really pushed me away from the sport, having that bad experience. I think I had one more fight after that, and I was just second. Like, I just didn't want to fight again. Uh, and that's when I ended up moving into the gym and doing weights and stuff like that because it was just fed up with boxing then because of that. Yeah. It really, really put a dampener on it for me. I used to yeah. love it, enjoyed it so much, and that process there just ruined it for me. So that's where it was. It was it began, you know, me wanting to get that to get that away from other people's experience. You yeah. know, I don't want them yeah. to experience that same thing, especially young kids, like because that could have been the end of my sporting career in a way. Could have just went, nah, not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at right. that age, you're you're mingling with people that are drinking every weekend and whatever. You could have went down a bad road there, and I don't want that to happen. You know what I mean? So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, that's my meaning, and just the, that's how it all all came about. I want people to get better as an athlete and enjoy the process. I don't want them to feel like it's a task to be an athlete. They want them yeah. to actually enjoy the process. So that's how P twenty five sort of came about in the first instance. Just learning how to coach people in this this field and learn getting education in it basically. Just yeah. across the years, picking up wee nuggets here and there and then put yeah. it all together so that's yeah. how I began and that's that's who I am as a coach you know that's brilliant that's what I want to do yeah brilliant so, thanks yeah. summed that up well and yeah. especially uh involving your own experience there as well so um mm-hmm. we'll get on to comparisons about sort of boxing to because no now you're a powerlifter but uh-huh. we'll get on to the comparisons to them too and how the weight cuts can vary and stuff like that there but for sure, like I've heard some stories about especially people trying to make, make weight um, in the powerlifting world and they're literally yeah. not eating the whole week of, of camp. Yeah. And it's like, if they are eating, it's like 25 grams of carbs or something like that. There, <laughs> and just like, oh, my word. <laughs> How do you even survive? But um, yeah, so like um, what I want to touch on there is just your like that whole week, whenever you're doing that cut, what was your mindset like? And then what was your mindset like? sort of after you've had to pull out that fight because obviously you were winning the fight and it's like yeah. literally it's like winning a powerlifting comp and you're just yeah. like the, you can't even finish your last lifts your last you know lift, I mean? basically <laughs> ah, you know what I mean that's what it's like yeah so yeah. my mindset leading up to it was like I had confidence in my boxing field because I had boxed for years you know I, was, I think for five years straight I went to boxing four nights a week for five years straight like it was always a non-negotiable thing so I was super confident in my skill, but I wasn't confident in the way I was feeling. You know, I was feeling flat, no energy, just no confidence in regards to performance. I knew that I wasn't going to have energy. And it did show a bit in my performance as well. I didn't box the best of my ability because of it. Um, it was lackluster compared to what I could have done. You know, sparring was going fantastic. Sparring with all my teammates, everything was going great. And it was a kick in the arse. Like, you know, you're coming out of that fight going, like I had that, I had the skill to win that, but this barrier was put in front of me and I couldn't get past it. And it was yeah. physically, physically and mentally broke me like as a as a boxer because I was only a young kid too. Like I was only fourteen, and yeah. it really really put that sour taste in my mouth about it. You know, it's it's some pressure to take it like fourteen years old. Like most people are just out playing football at that stage. Like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like you're right. It's a it's a big right? step up. Yeah. So yeah. It has made me the person I am today, you know, I'm pretty resilient because of stuff like that. But you can do it in a better way. You know, that's that's what I'm there to teach. You know, help mm-hmm. people and show them there's a better way of doing it rather than that that thing that I experienced, you know. Um, yeah. So that's the main aim. And that yeah. the mindset moving forward is just to never make anybody feel like that, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't I can't even imagine. To be yeah. honest, I struggle with this as it is. Never mind, <laughs> Never mind sitting in a sauna with uh, three uh, layers of clothing or something on my yeah. end. <laughs> um, but just off the back of that, then, what would you say your biggest challenges um, when dealing with athletes? Because um, obviously that is like an old school mindset, so to, so to speak, and it's still going to, yeah. uh, like, you know, I'm sure there's clients there as well. Maybe you've um, sort of dealt with in the past where, their weight hasn't, especially with weight um, uh, category sports, so to speak, then they're trying to make weight and they're trusting your process and everything else. And then the weight yeah. doesn't, maybe two weeks out from comp and the weight yeah. hasn't moved or whatever. And then it's like, ah, but sure, just cut my carbs or it's just do this or just do that and all yeah. the rest of it. And um, 
what is your biggest challenges when dealing with athletes and sort of trying to teach them that new mindset? Because obviously this, the old mindset's still going to be in there somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So I, the biggest thing I think, like trying to sort of get into people's heads, it's just stop thinking about tomorrow, you know, think about a month's time, a year's time, get out of the short term thinking. You know, the bigger picture is the most important thing because that's where you're going to end up. Um, yeah. Short term things are less important, you know. Even yourself, you know, me and you've went through this, you know, hard volatile at daily way in this, you know, one day you could oh. be a kilo down, next day you're a kilo up. It's things like that you have to get out of your mind. You know, you don't want yeah. those to be leaving that sour taste in your mouth, as I said before, um, because there are things that are going to pass. They're going to change quite quickly, um, mm-hmm. especially if you have a plan on this that, that, that's been trialed and tested as well, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's just... Trusting your coach, you know, you're, you have them, you've employed them for a reason, you know, you've, you've trusted them um, from your okay. walk in the door with them, and they're always going to have your best interest at heart. So just follow their process because they're going to do what's best for you. You know, they're not yeah. going to ask anything they wouldn't want you to do or they haven't done themselves or they haven't tested with someone else, you know. So that, yeah. that's one big thing. Just just think about that bigger picture. Trust in that process and that plan that your coach has in place. And the, short, the short-term thing and just doesn't get you anywhere. It just makes you worry. It makes you anxious about what's happening next. You know, it's hard. It's hard to say that. You know, it is hard saying that. But yeah, with experience, you, you do start to learn and become more resilient to those thoughts because no. self doubt is going to come in. You know, it's it's, a, it's part and partial to it. It is something yeah. that we're going to encounter, and it's something that we will learn to to get over and deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. but another big challenge I think is, especially with athletes and boxers and stuff like that, is tackling underrating against like their their actual energy output. They're eating yeah. like mice. They're they're nibbling away at these these salads and whatever else. And some of the meal plan companies aren't helping either. They're giving them small amounts of calories, and then those those guys are thinking, guys or girls are thinking, oh, this must be the amount of calories I have to eat. They must have given me that for a reason. When really there's no real, you know, there's no valid reason why they got that. Like say for example, yeah. this these three set meals that they're given. There's so, a lot of people are sponsored these days, so they they love it when someone's giving them something for free. So they're going to take it and go, oh my God, best thing ever. And that, that calorie count that they're getting doesn't even, isn't specific to them. So yeah. people that are uneducated are going to go, this is all I have to eat. And I'm going to be taking yeah. my weight or I'm going to perform my best. Yeah, but they need someone, like a bird's eye view over them and saying, listen, you're doing this and that. This isn't adequate for what you're doing. But it's, it's yeah. just trying to get them out of that old school mindset that, you know, people think uh-huh. they need to bare minimum. To, um, I think, I think slowly we are getting like it certainly is coming into the the fitness industry a, a, a great deal in terms of nutrition and stuff like that. Then people are becoming more aware, but again, you'll always have that sort of thing floating about. And even there, yeah. like I seen that I seen a thing just on the way brands and stuff market their foods now as well. Even like you could have a bag of crisps, like a big bag of crisps, and it would say only 116 calories in it yeah. but then you look put it around to the back and it's like oh it's only 116 grams for like 28 uh, or 116 calories per 28 grams and you're just like somebody's probably more or less sitting there eating that thinking okay here we go 116 calories in a bag sure it can't go wrong and then three yeah. servings later <laughs> it's 300 odd calories you know so um Absolutely. You know, it's madness too, like so, uh, as well. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think, I so think you... on that point, I think you're you're right. You know, there's a lot more moderation coming into it. People are putting stuff like that out in the open and making sure people are aware yeah. of it. Yeah, and it's it's just those wee things. You know, the uneducated people are going to follow what they see first and what looks fancy to them. And yeah, sometimes people have to break things down and let them know. You know, I see a lot of things like that. It's like like whatever fits your macros type stuff. You know, yeah. they're focusing on quantity rather than food quality in a way. Yeah. So like lining it's, up the McDonald's to a, a healthy meal. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, this exactly. is healthy and this is not healthy. I'm like, you're yeah. just giving the wrong concept here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it, it, it definitely needs to be worked on more because even like when we talk as calories for energy and stuff like that there, people will like shove oven chips in the oven and think yeah. that they're going to, oh, there are loads of calories. I'll get lots of energy from that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, my word. But definitely nutrition, not to get away from sidetracking things, but um, nutrition and even the importance of 
you know, mobility type stuff and sports massage types of things like that yeah. there. The importance of the like them when it comes to performance, them two things, and when it comes to performance, are there's not enough information out there on it at the present moment, in time, yeah. my opinion. No, you know what I mean? Empowerment is success, like they really are. Yeah, hundred percent. You know how many times you see people walking in, and I'd be guilty of it too, just straight onto the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time management. Too, All my know, hips sore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know? we all live in a chronically stressed environment. I think yeah. everybody's fast paced and get stuff done and get out and go, you know. So it's just having that extra time. Sometimes some people don't have it. And it's one of the yeah. things that can be detrimental to your, your career and your sport, you know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So how how would you help an athlete decide what is the best road to take? So say, for example, they came at you, like say for me, for example, who came and looking to drop a weight category. Yeah. Um, How would you decide, okay, is there room for him to actually drop that weight or does he need to go up a category or does he need to stay the same category or, you know, things like that there? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. You know, one thing we'll do firstly is assess the situation. You know, we'll have to make sure that it is a, it is something that we can actually achieve. Um, so obviously we've done those in body scans, things like that, just to give us a few numbers, mm-hmm. just so we can see down under the skin if it's actually a physical thing we can achieve. Um, but obviously they're only about 80% accurate so it does give us a good idea of you know where we are and what we can do um, mm-hmm. so in about an 80% range as I said it's not always 100% accurate so the consideration you have to make as well is make sure that it's it's something that's going to be an advantage to you you know you're not just doing it for the sake of it you know people sometimes say like these class lifters and go I want to be in that class just because he's in it you know he's an 83 I'm going to be an 83 or you know, there has to be an advantage to it. You know, are you going to be competitive? Um, is it yeah. going to be beneficial to your health? You know, if you're already overweight, maybe it is a good idea to drop down that weight class just to yeah. give you a better overall, um, better overall health, and make sure that you're healthy in, in the sport as well. Because we see so many people that just dirty bulk the life out of it, go up to these two weight classes, and they end up like in really poor state of health, um, just from being a bit lazy in the way. You know. Just saying, ah, I can. I have the part of thing. I'm gonna just put weight on and get strong. And you're like, you have to. There's a lot more. It's multifaceted. You know, there's so many different branches to come out of that. Yeah. But it has to be something sustainable as well. If if you want to compete once or twice a year, you know, in Ireland specifically, you're normally gonna do a regional competition. Maybe you'll qualify for a national competition. So that's three yeah. competitions already within a year. Mm-hmm. And then if you're lucky enough to do well at the national competition, you'll go away to an international competition. And that yeah. opens a lot of doors for you. So if it's sustainable, um, you know, that's two, three times a year. Um, it's definitely a, an option if you if you feel that you can do it a couple of times a year. And then, you know, on that, on that aspect as well, uh, is it in line with your goals? You know, do you want to be an international athlete or you just want to do it recreationally? You know, is it just something mm-hmm. to pass the time or whatever? So you have to line those things up and make sure what's important to you um, because yeah. you could be cutting these 10 kilo, you know, doing a 10 kilo cut and you're only a recreational lifter. You're, you're only doing it for the crack. Like why, why yeah. put your health at risk or whatever, uh, getting injured or something like that just for the crack, you know? So there are things that I, I've, you know, I've done with you, you know, we've talked about stuff. Is it beneficial to you? Are you competitive? And have you got opportunities? And you do, you know, we, we line these up and we went for it because we knew, something yeah. could achieve and but we'd like to let people know the, the process as well you know as i said i've done things for you you know educational stuff mm-hmm. to let you know the process you know it's mentally and physically taxing it's not enjoyable at times you know <laughs> it's it's having casual goals there's casual goals and there's serious goals you know casual yeah, goals are saying i want to be a part of them compete for the first time and then there's serious yeah. goals saying i want a national record i want to be a national champion i want to be an international lifter they're, they're mm-hmm. one level to another level. You know, they're serious yeah. and casual. And if you're only casual, what's the point? And, and putting yourself through discomfort. And That's it. You know, so we have to line those things up, make sure the person's aware of that stuff and they are completely truthful to you and what they actually want and what they know they can achieve rather than just yeah. throwing, the, throwing the ball up the street and hoping it hits a window or something, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 100%. Because, yeah. Like, I think the... I think the understand that like and understand the implications that it's gonna have 
on you as a person. So it's very easy for the likes of me to turn around and say, okay, I, I want to drop a weight class. Like it's yeah. very easy for me to say that, but then yeah. what, what um, harm is it actually going to do? Like you can become fixated with the skills and that's the whole thing yeah. that we're trying to lead away from as well. You know, yeah. that we're not focusing on a number, we're focusing on an overall health, we're focusing on yeah. how we look and stuff like that there. Yeah. As opposed to just uh, um, seeing what's on the scales and, you know, panicking or whatever like that there. Yeah. You imagine, like, as you say, daily weigh-ins, how does that affect somebody? Next thing Absolutely. you find they're weighing three or four times a day and you're just like, oh, wait. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I, I have my wheel on, I'm 10 kilo heavier. You didn't get fat anyway, you didn't get fat <laughs> I have seen it happen, like especially with my my own uh, clients, like where they'll text in the middle of the after I went to the doctor's, got wed, and oh. I'm I'm two kilo overweight or something. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, but you've had a full day of food intake and water yeah. intake, and exactly. <laughs> you're probably wearing clothes at the doctor's. And yeah, <laughs> stuff in you your pockets and everything. Yeah, yeah tapers and madness. Um, so but no, um, no, it is important that everybody understands. Um, and then. What would you say are the important factors uh, to focus more on performance? Because what I what I try to breed into my um, into unleash is performance over everything else. Do you know Absolutely, what I mean? Yeah. Performance that's my, over that's my main thing. Like, yeah, 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 hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, so like, it's always performance. Doesn't matter um, what you look like, what what you weigh. It's performance all, over everything else. Um, what would you say are the biggest um, factors? why you should focus on performance over everything else? As we said before, overall health is a, is a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Being suboptimal levels of body fat isn't healthy. People may think, looking at someone and saying, he looks amazing, he looks so fit and whatever else, but is the person actually healthy? Being mm-hmm. suboptimal body fat, you know, under 6 5% is unsustainable. I was going to say, like, what, yeah. what is your recommended body fat percentage that a person should sit at well it's just my own personal opinion really but i'd say to be happy and perform well recover well and hormones regulated properly between 10 and 15 percent is not a bad place to be you know Mm -hmm. we all don't have to think we're stepping on stage you know no and it's 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 all down to where you're comfortable as well you know you may not be comfortable 15 percent somebody else may be Um, some people may be comfortable 10 percent Depends where you're comfortable, where you're performing well, where you feel good, and where your bodily functions are, are functioning properly as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's play there. a big part in that too, don't they? Like at the yeah. end of the day, like and then if you're sitting at five or six percent body fat or whatever else, like yeah. How do you feel even like because it is an energy source at the end of the day? Yeah, you know what I mean. You, so, like, you have to think about it on the social aspect as well. If you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to keep yourself down at five, six percent body fat, you're not going to be socializing your family very much. Because no. I know when I go to my families, I don't even know what calories I consume. <laughs> you know, your <laughs> your granny's giving you buns and your auntie's giving you burgers, and yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's you're not going to go. Wait, can you get the scale out? I I do this. You know what I mean. <laughs> like, and you're not going to be carrying Tupperware to your barbecue. You know what I mean? So Yeah, see, so. What are you going to eat at the barbecue? Yeah. Half a rib? Uh, <laughs> the bone? <laughs> socially, it's not sustainable either. You know what I mean? You're going to be yeah. mentally tortured. You're going to be socially tortured because you're not going to be able to go to events like that. And you're going to start distancing yourself from your family or your friends. And you're not. You're going to turn into a, not a nice person. You know, you're going to be very yeah. anti-social and you're going Negative. to be very fixated in your wee routines and stuff. So it's... You know, if you're very, very serious, it's the talk I had a minute ago, you know, there's having casual goals, there's having serious goals, and you have mm-hmm. to have that talk with yourself or your coach and make sure that's that's what you want to do for the next few years. Because I know people that were casual about the gym and now they're super serious. They want to be bodybuilders or they want to be whatever. And they have sacrificed a lot and they understand mm-hmm. the sacrifices. So they're okay making those sacrifices and stepping away from normal life because that's their main goal and their main objective of their passion in life. Um, and they've lined them all up and made sure what was most important to them, you know. So yeah. it's having that that talk with yourself or your coach that's going to make you realize those factors. And then, yeah, obviously we've tangent to leave it there. But in regards to the factors and performance, we, we need to make sure that we're not doing too much, that we're not going to recover from it because strength and performance is all an adaption. If we're not adapting properly and we're not recovering properly, we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to plateau or we're going to go worse. We're going to be injured. We're going to be out. Yeah. So you need to make sure that 
you can you're, you're only doing as much as you can actually recover from and yeah. with experience or an experienced coach they're going to be able to do that for you and make sure you're not pushing yourself yeah. out or burning yourself out yeah. and then the, the more yeah. important stuff as well like sleeping well and eating to match your activity and doing enough restoration as we said like mobility and getting a massage or dry needling or any sort yeah. of passive thing like that you know so they're the things that i think are very very important and most importantly mental health you know you need to make sure your mental yeah. health's in a good place before yeah. you dive into anything really really intense you know yeah 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 because you find like if especially the ones that we said about would be like cutting carbs and like you're going to have no energy so therefore you're yeah. you're just gonna sort of sit at home not have energy to do anything sluggish yeah. tired all the time no motivation and then how does yeah. that do for you like when you're sitting at home and you have no motivation and you just feel sluggish all the time as you say yeah. mental health will play a factor there if yeah. that builds up too 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 much um but uh yeah um so what is the biggest complications in your opinion then when dropping weight classes so people can get actual sort of information on on that scale of things like the people so that might not like understand the... it completely yeah. um and understand the, com- the complications that comes with dropping a weight class or uh dropping weight for that matter um yeah you know mm-hmm. so as i said socially isolated you're going to be socially isolated for a short period of time depending on what protocol you're doing you know if you're doing something like i do it's only going to be a, about four weeks maximum you're going to be really restricted you know mm-hmm. just getting getting dialed in for competition so most of the time you're going to be socially isolated you're going to have to turn down family events and you know, weddings and stuff like that you're going to have to turn those types of things down eating out with your friends isn't going to be a thing that you can do if you're really close to a competition because it's hard to maintain and manage um, yeah. but you have to understand you're going to get mentally and physically taxed you know it's you have to be prepared for that and that's a big big consideration you have to be prepared for that as i said before mental or sorry self-doubt comes in there as well you're going to start yeah. doubting yourself and it's always good to have somebody that's going to support you and keep you in line and make sure you're not freaking out over the smallest things they'll keep you in line and make sure you're you know where, what's happening keep you, keep right you in loop. yeah but you are going to get weaker you're you, you may get smaller you know as a part of that it's something we have to consider because it's it's one of those things that can hit our ego you know we all have an ego we do like you know yeah. people say that i'm not egotistical but realistically yeah. you, when you're thinking in your own mind you, you have an ego about things like yeah. that you know especially if you're getting into the sport to get stronger and bigger you don't want to be weaker or, or smaller yeah you know, i think that's a big thing for me actually realizing because i've been just sitting as I am um, most of the time in my past competitions and always going to comp PB and all the rest of it yeah. um, and feeling like I'm getting stronger and all the rest of it, whereas this time is sort of, okay, will I or will I, will, will, or will I, yeah. won't I? You know what I mean? What What's the, you know, I always had a gauge of what will be there or thereabouts on the day. I'll yeah. be honest, I don't have one clue at this yeah, time. You'd be very, very, especially if it's your first time doing it, you know, you have no yeah. prior experience to it. So, the doubt is there you know it's it's something that you're gonna it's gonna help you become more resilient in your next time around because you're gonna mm-hmm. understand each corner of this process because you've been there and you've done it and you understand yeah. it more so exposure as i always say you, you need to expose yourself to these situations to understand them and yeah. to get, get data to work from we always need data data is always the key we always want to be tracking and managing stuff so we have data to work from on our next sort of adventure or challenge you know so yeah. it's just that exposure that really, really helps you um, become the better lifter, a better athlete, and understand the process better. But yeah. You have to you have to experience it to really know what it's about. You know, people can yeah. give you a list and say, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to say, ah, whatever, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. But when it gets into the, the nitty and gritty, the nitty gritty. Know, never right. Yeah. And I know what it feels like. But this is how we adapt and become better. You know, we have to expose yourself to that stuff yeah 100 percent um and then in turn that's going to help you in life as well you know yeah as well. certainly does makes you far more yeah. resilient this stuff that just comes yeah. out of the blue yeah 100 yeah. percent um so what are the benefits compared to a water cut as opposed to or a gut cut if you like um compared mm-hmm. to say somebody wants to do it completely natural say somebody had four kilo to lose and the, the, this might just be the time to do it 
and they just say they want to do it naturally, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So if it, just two examples. So if I have somebody, as you say, four kilo, they're sixteen weeks out, and they want to just cut calories. So they just want to say they're consuming three thousand calories. They're enjoying themselves. They know they can sort of tie, or tidy stuff up a wee bit because they're just enjoying themselves. And um, they'll start cutting calories that far out. You're still going to be training at the same intensity as you always do. Um, you're going to run into fatigue. You know, fatigue is going to be a big factor. So the thing is when you're just solely cutting calories, you're constantly cutting into your recovery because you're still doing the same output. You're putting yourself in an energy deficit. You're still pushing out the same amount of energy, but you're consuming less. So that's going to have a factor on your, your performance. You're not you're not filling the bucket. The bucket's getting happy, but it's not getting filled up again. Maybe yeah. getting half, three quarters full, and it's getting happy again from that training. So that's something you have to consider because as it gets deeper and deeper into that that cycle, with most most sports are, are all have the same periodization. You know, it's got that massive volume of training and it tapers right down, but yeah. you're still carrying this massive amount of fatigue from the top of that that peak the whole way down so you have to consider that you're not going to be recovering the same so you're going to have to have everything down to a T um, you're going to have to have to there's going to be a lot of sacrifice as I said socially socially isolated away from family mm-hmm. events stuff like that for a longer period of time for 16 weeks it's a long time to be yeah. really dialed in so the benefits I see to water loading is you know what with yourself we, we did clean up body composition in a way we did bring calories down in a way, but that's to make this this last couple of weeks easier for you. Yeah. I mean that we don't have to be as aggressive. So um we start the water load maybe about four or five percent over the weight class rather than ten percent over the weight class, because that's gonna yeah. really, really fatigue you. So it's less long term fatigue. So you're only gonna carry that fatigue for maybe a week or so rather than sixteen weeks. <laughs> you know. Um, Can't imagine doing it for sixteen yeah. weeks. It's so hard. Bad know? enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so so hard. And as I said, yeah, I'm here to show people an easier way and a more sustainable way to do it. Um so your recovery in the last few weeks leading up the game day, you're gonna be carrying a lot more fatigue. So you're gonna not recover as best you can. You're not gonna be getting the same gains as you would have. So as you know on a hypertrophy block or a strength block with powerlifting specific. You're making yeah. so many gains because you're you're recovering really well. You're still consuming a really good amount of calories. You're recovering maybe one, two days after. So you're adapting really, really quickly. And then you can get back in the gym quicker. You can make more gains, do more training. Yeah. So that's why we do it that way because your periodization to make all those gains, maintain all those gains right up the game day rather than making some gains at the start with your calorie cut. And then just losing yeah. gains, not not even gaining any gains whatsoever. You know they're yeah. not they're non-existent because you're you're yeah. not recovering from the, the smaller bits of training. So yeah, then uh, and a other a mental sort of aspect, you're going to feel bigger, you're going to feel fuller when it comes to comp time when you replenish. So you're going to be more confident, saying like I'm strong. You know I feel strong. Yeah, got energy. Um, and then obviously you're going to have more flexibility in your diet. You're still going to be able to enjoy the things you do right up until about two weeks before your comp. Because yeah. you don't have to deplete your calories as much. Maybe yeah. there's some short-term depletion, but you're going to replenish that in a couple of hours, you know. And it's not going to take you weeks to get back up to maintenance again if you were cutting your calories from 16 weeks out, you know. So yeah, to summarize it, it's short-term sacrifice rather than long-term sacrifice. And we all, yeah. as humans, want as short as possible sacrifice. 100%. So that's, that's a big, big benefit from it, short-term yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, 100%. It's, the, it's always the quick road, isn't it? With other, yeah, absolutely. Other I, that's, a, that's the way I look at it, yeah. Definitely, you want to <laughs> do this lesson for at least a bit of time as possible. Again, so, sort of from my own view as well, like, you know, as a powerlifter, providing it is a powerlifter, even a boxer to that yeah. matter, like, you want to begin into your competition strong. Do you know what I mean? And the whole idea of getting being a powerlifter is that you get strong. If you have somebody sitting at... Uh, um. 100 grams of carbs a day or whatever they got there and as you say they're naturally getting making a wee bit of gains and then they're losing their gains like they're yeah. not actually getting any stronger they're just sitting there at, yeah um, just maintaining or losing i just is, whatever yeah, um whereas they see illegal. yeah they see themselves getting stronger right up until two weeks before comp yeah. and then at, when you're going in to test your sort of heavy lifts or what you would actually be trying to hit a competition you don't want to be feeling them too much either due to lack yeah. of energy or yeah. calories, uh, so to speak. 
Um, you want to actually be in a good place to actually try and hit them, them yeah. lifts. Um, otherwise, that's just going to eat you up even more mentally because yeah. oh, I feel that there. What if happens if I feel this in comp? What happens if I feel that or do yeah. this or do that? Do you know what I mean? And as yeah. you, the, then the self doubt gets worse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially if you're running those issues as well. You've already got it in your mind, but when you start running the barriers like that, you start going, oh my God, what is going on here? Uh, not ever going to be ready. So yeah. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um happy days, happy days. Um so what are the benefits of tracking? Um so to speak, in your opinion, um as opposed to somebody like hand portion or somebody yeah. who does it that way or whatever, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. that many methods out there now that there is, yeah. <laughs> and it then I know the individual, isn't it? Yeah. I get all I get sometimes is like that's a way about hassle that tracking and all the rest. <laughs> of it. You know, but what are the benefits of actually tracking? Yeah, so like we spoke about before, there's people with casual goals and there's people with serious goals. So every method links into each of those categories. You know, things like hand portions and intuitive eating lead into people that are casual. You know, people that just want to be a bit healthier, get into a wee bit better shape and just maintain a good lifestyle. Just making sure that they're they're healthy enough and Mm-hmm. improving their, their bad habits or whatever so those types of methods would be really good for those type of people because they don't really need to be that super super um sort of on point but for people like ourselves like powerlifters and athletes we have serious goals we're really we're, we're super serious about what we're doing or we wouldn't be doing it it's not a hobby mm-hmm. for a lot of us and that's when tracking comes into the place you have everything down to a t you're becoming more confident because you're accurate and everything that's being tracked and managed is easier to manage and use as data. As I said, we always need data to make sure yeah. that the process is going well. So the benefit of that for ourselves as athletes is making sure things are accurate, improving our recovery and performance because we're leaving no stone unturned. You know, we're, we're hitting every single base we need to. And it helps your coach as well. If you're tracking stuff, they're going to be able to manage that a lot better and make better decisions for you. So yeah. it's all about management. You know, management is key to to making progress across a long period of time if we're just guessing it's it's not going to last it's not going to be sustainable and if we run into any issues we're not going to be able to pinpoint or troubleshoot what's what's happening because we don't have any information we're yeah. just going off what someone told you yeah at uh three handfuls of um potato yesterday you're like <laughs> that means absolutely nothing to me right now as a as a <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, right an there. It's like, what did you eat? Ah, yeah. some spots, some meat. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, okay. I can't even give you an answer or a resolution here because there's nothing to work from. Yeah. As a coach, it makes your job like hard, but makes you feel completely useless as well. Useless. Like, you know, yeah, you've, you're, no you're trying to help them. them and yeah, you're just no like, answers oh. whatsoever. <laughs> and they're looking for an answer and you're like, top of my head, going off here. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah. Obviously, all them things is uh, important when it comes to more weight loss goals as opposed yeah. to fat loss goals. Um, yeah. So, what are your, in your opinion, the differences between the two? Because there's something yeah, you so get asked, right? Like, I want to get in shape, yeah. but then when the scales don't drop, then all of a sudden they're not losing any fat, so yeah. to speak. But yeah. You know, the, trying to get their, their, them to understand that, yes, obviously, they are two different things. Yeah. Um, and we all know muscle, fat, and water break, yeah. um, means weight as opposed to just fat. So, yeah. but mm-hmm. believe it or not, there's many people out there still don't know that. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people are going to learn it, though. You see, there's, there's people that are just, just don't want to learn about it. They just want someone yeah. to set out their directions on, a, on the list and say, do that, that, and that. But yeah. really, to make good progress, you actually have to learn and have intent what you're doing. You know, you mm-hmm. you could tell me to go and squat, but see if I don't know what muscles it's working, I'm going to have no intent in that movement. I'm not going to be yeah. trying to activate my quads or my glutes or my hamstrings because I have no idea why, why, what a squat does. So there's no yeah. intent in it. It's the same with food and everything else. You have to understand stuff to have intent to actually put good effort in it and conscious yeah. effort rather than mindlessly just going through the motions. You know, but... In regards to fat loss and weight loss, it's, it's down to individual's goals. You know, do you just want to get into better shape? Just don't worry about the scaling. Worry about measurements, you know, using body fat calipers, using a scanner, measurements, mm-hmm. you know, circumference measurements, and progress photos, physical physical stuff. Yeah. 
that's going to be non-objective. You know, you, you can see it in front of you, you can see the changes. And that's, that's fat loss. Fat loss is all about physical changes rather than the scale. And that's yeah. for physique athletes, bodybuilders, people that like to do photo shoots just for a wee mm-hmm. bit of reassurance that they're becoming better and improving their habits. And then weight loss then is ourselves, you know, athletes. They're the only people that really have to worry about weight loss in general because okay. they have a number to hit. They have a set time on a day to hit this number or else they're not doing what they want to do or what they have to do. So mm-hmm. weight loss is all about weight, la- weight, weight class athletes are the main people that are the only people that should really be worrying about weight unless you're extremely overweight, but that still goes into fat loss. You know, you shouldn't really be worrying about the weight anyway. It's a good, yeah. it's a really good milestone for a lot of people to see those numbers get clapped off, but things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers really focus on weight. And you're like, yeah. what about the per- that person could have lost a pound that week, but they could have lost three inches off their waist or three inches off their neck or whatever. Yeah. And that person's feeling discouraged because their uh, wee mate at Slimming World lost 10 pounds that week and she only lost one. And there's uh, probably it in their face. And you're like, that doesn't, that has no relevance. You know, you're that individual. You could have lost so much water that week. That person yeah. actually could have lost fat that week. You know, and they're, they're sort of looking down on them being like, I'm doing better than you because I lost more on the scale. But the yeah. other person could be getting into really, really good shape. They could be looking amazing. They could be fitting in the clothes far better than they were a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. it's lining up what your actual mental state is and your goals are. And that's, yeah, what's, what's, what, that's what your goal is, weight loss or fat loss, you know? Yeah. We'll not get into Weight Watchers and Slimming World because I'd be in a rant all day. <laughs> I'd be here all day. I just wouldn't stop. We'll be here all yeah. day. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, totally agree with them. Um, it's just understanding the two differences between the two of them. And again, you need to be open to learning. Um, yeah. If you're not open to learning, you're never going to progress anywhere I suppose Absolutely. and that even yeah. you know all, how many times do we say it as coaches we all need to continue to learn as opposed to just thinking oh we know it all now happy days yeah. no that's more learning for me that's when you've lost <laughs> that's when you're the best person in the room you're, you've lost already uh, 100% mind. you always have um, open mind so the biggest dreaded question so to speak um you get a client and they come in and it's like I'm eating to I was eating this amount of calories and I chopped it down to twelve hundred calories and I'm but that's because the, the calculator told me to, the <laughs> online calculator told me to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I've I'd done it for four weeks and I was losing weight and it was all yeah. great and then I had a roadblock and it just stalled and it hasn't moved anywhere in three yeah. weeks and all the rest of it. Um often, how do you often. calculate how a, what a person eats or how would you go about understanding what a person needs to eat? Yeah, so we have to assess their actual situation. We have to assess mm-hmm. everyone as an individual. So what is your current body fat percentage? What height are you? What age are you? What your actual activity is? What your um, intensive exercise is? You know, what, what way do you train throughout the week? Um, mm-hmm. What's your job? You know, you could be like someone that sits at the desk all day or you could be someone that's a laborer or a roadman that's constantly mm-hmm. doing vigorous exercise already. Um, mm-hmm. So all those things come into account. And we obviously... As individuals, we all have our own basal metabolic rate, so we have to know exactly what we burn naturally. Firstly, a lot yeah. of people actually don't even eat enough to cover that the function, and that's when they end up getting sick or injured or whatever. Um, so we firstly have to find that out. Things like those body scans will help. We also have really, really um, accurate. Well, about eighty percent. I always say these types of things are, you know, like calculators online that will help you get your basal metabolic rate or calculations. Yeah. And then you have to take into account then your 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 actual lifestyle, so your your job and your your training and stuff like that. So they would be the main factors I would take into it. And then obviously, in terms of food preferences and stuff and macro splits, it's based on your goals or what you actually like to eat. You know, there's people that are massive into carbs, so you wouldn't put that person on a low carb diet because they're not going to last on it. You know, because yeah. they really enjoy carbs. Or someone like me, I love protein. I I prefer protein over carbs any day because I love meat and stuff like that. So if you I do too. I got to do my carbs. Jeepers bad enough. That, that, yeah. that's things like well, I leave of meat, of, but jeepers over yeah. any carbs. <laughs> yeah, you never go the opposite direction what somebody likes. So yeah, that's that's all down to their personal preferences and their goals and stuff like that. But to take that all into account, and we also have to make them aware of 
what's actually a healthy range to be in rather than pushing towards 10% weight loss every week. You know, people mm-hmm. think it's class when they go on those those diets because they probably were consuming maybe 3,000 calories and they didn't know it because they're eating yeah. these high-calorie high dense foods like chocolate and crisps and McDonald's that have no mm-hmm. nutrient density. So they feel like, I'm eating nothing here. I'm actually eating nothing because the volume's so low. Yeah. And then when they go on these... 1400 calorie diets on really good whole foods they're actually eating a whole lot more because the volume is more the nutrients yeah. are denser but the calories are lower and they yeah. feel like i'm eating so much more than i was and you're like in terms of calories you weren't you were probably consuming double what you are now and that's why you drop so quickly you lost yeah. all this weight and your body's adapted to this really low amount of calories because that's what your metabolism does it adapts to cope with what you're actually taking and what you're doing in terms of energy so I think it's class and I go, but I was, how can I eat more calories and I'm going to lose weight or lose fat by eating more? And you're like, it's, it's, it's because you've adapted to that. You know, you're not going to move anywhere and you need to consume what your body actually needs to function properly. So people run into that wall and go, where have I to go? I can't I go anywhere here. I've only 1,200 calories. I couldn't eat any less than that. You know what I mean? So it's showing well, them like, the route, that route to realizing they actually need to eat more to function yeah. properly. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a fight against the wall sometimes, but sometimes people come through it and understand and go. I'm so glad I understand that. Thing. With it, yeah. yeah. Plus, then, like as you say, say for example, they did cut them calories uh, to 1400. Where do they go after they hit the next roadblock? Do you know what I mean? Know where to go? And you yeah. have to take the, the only thing is like it's down again, and then it's like yeah. 1200, then it's 900, and all the rest yeah. of it. I've heard it so many times. Ah, uh, you you give me two thousand or two and a half thousand calories, but I can survive in nineteen hundred. Yeah, good luck, to you. <laughs> good luck to you. Yeah, it's about thriving. You know, you want to be thriving, not surviving. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a good term there. Yeah, thriving, not surviving. Yeah, <laughs> more people so, took that on board of the help, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of happier faces about it anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what advice would you give someone who was thinking of getting into sort of competitive sport and needed nutritional guidance or dr- uh-huh. on what what road to take, so to speak? Um, whether it yeah. be obviously most of the time you're just going to tell them just to get familiar with the sport at the start and then it's where they look competitivity wise after that. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give somebody looking to get started into any sport, really boxing? Powerlifting, CrossFit, hit that word. I would say, you know, get better at the sport, you know, learn the skill and enjoy the sport rather than being your your first day in in that sport and going, right, what weight class should I be in? How how competitive will I be against this guy next Mm -hmm. to me? Just enjoy it. You've got into that. Initially, your thought process before you get into that sport was, I'd love to try it. I want to be good at that. You know, if we, there's a lot of people that watch MMA at the weekend and go, I want to be the next Conor McGregor. You're looking at too far ahead. Like, go in, learn what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, your your initial thought process was probably, I want to get good at that. I want to actually learn how to be good at that. So get better at the skill, understand the sport as a whole. And then once you have built a good base and a foundation in that sport, you know, after five, six years, you know, you're, you're a beginner in a sport until you're in about 10 years because you yeah. don't, You've never experienced every aspect of it. So yeah. you have to learn that process, enjoy the sport firstly, and then start looking at the competitive side of it. You know, a lot of coaches will probably throw people into stuff straight away just to let them learn. But a lot of people then it goes the opposite direction. They become way too competitive based on their skill level and what, what their experience is. So, um, you know, just don't limit your progress in that sport to a weight class or a weight cut or whatever. You know, become good at that sport and be an athlete in that sport before that's actually a factor in it, you know. Yeah. So just forget about the weight class and just learn about the sport and be just good at the it. sport. Yeah. Fuel your performance. Absolutely. That's the aim of the game. That's it. Good. Um yeah, so just uh finish up here. Um obviously lockdown and all the rest of it. I'm not going too much into that there. Um but it's been and gone, so to speak. Well, hopefully very soon. Still yep. floating about the the COVID anyway, <laughs> but um <laughs> A your powerlifting journey itself, uh, where where's it at at the minute, and what does the yeah. future hold? Yeah, so so far, you know, I've been in the sport four or five years now, 
Um, okay. I think I think it might be longer than that, maybe, because lockdowns <laughs> lockdowns messed up our time frame, hasn't it? I think <laughs> it's only been a year, and it's been three years. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, maybe four or five years. I'm not I forty. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> um, but you know, so far I've I've done pretty decent. Um, in regards to being a newbie to the sport, you know, I've competed for Ireland three times internationally. Um, I've competed quite well. I, I was at a competitive le- level as a junior. Um, because of lockdown, I missed out my last year as a junior, so I didn't get to close that out as strong as I would have liked and achieve the things I wanted to achieve as a junior. But just getting back from an knee injury, really, because of just overuse over lockdown, doing different things, because I didn't have the same access to the equipment. So training is starting to feel really good again. I've learned a lot about myself and who I am as a lifter because of the the um the injury. And I feel like I'm overall a better lifter now than I was before because I thought, geez, I was so good there compared to what I was. I'm never yeah. going to get back there. But in a short space of time from learning a lot, lot about the injury, I've became better lifter, more efficient. Learned what's actually good for me, you know, in terms of stance and stuff like yourself. Um, yeah. So I do want to get back um, and compete in early next year once I've got a good base built back up again. Um, I'm aiming, aiming towards a 700, 750 kg total, which has always been a goal of mine. Um, I wanted to actually get the 700 as a, as a junior, but then the injury came and then COVID uh, came. Yeah. And it just didn't work out that way. And it, sometimes it's the way it is. It's not a linear progression. You know, sometimes you have these yeah. and valleys. So I want to get, in the long term, I want to get back to the national team standard and hopefully get away again on the national team and secure another um, Ireland singlet again. Which is always a goal of mine, and I've got two of them now. <laughs> so Happy I haven't done too bad, uh, but yeah. I want to get back to that level because that's who I feel I, I need to be. You know, that's my my passion and the thing yeah. that keeps me motivated. You know, Europeans you represented them in, wasn't it Ireland? Yeah, um, too. I went to Western Europeans in the June or July of that year to Norway, which was just a little warm up basically because it was a lower end sort of comp, and then I yeah. went away then um, twice into Europeans. Where is it, isn't it? Oh, I wish. <laughs> Hopefully soon <laughs> enough. Maybe next year. Yeah. Keep working, lad. Keep working. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the but, big boy class is nice, so this is a lot this of work. This is it, right? This yeah. is it now. But um, no, thanks very much for all that insightful information. Um, no hopefully, problem. pleasure. There's maybe two or three people to get on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. um, thanks very much, and sure, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, big man. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for having me, man. Good man. Thank you.